1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Well, hello. Lovely to be here with you again. First of all, may I say that I hope you're all doing well. strange time right now i think you'll agree everyone's a little bit scared and a little bit unsure of what each day brings there doesn't seem to be much in the way of good news and quite frankly we don't deserve that we deserve to feel happy and secure and so i'd just like to say keep your chin up look for the silver linings when you can and remember that there are far more things that connect us than separate us i do hope you're well One of the great connectors of humanity, of course, is our immense capacity for cultural enrichment. What a wondrous, endless universe of treasures we've created in our time on Earth, and none more so than the incredible legacy left to us by the immortal legends of the Golden Age of Hollywood. So today, I'm going to whisk you away from the troubled world outside for an hour or two and take you to a nicer place. We've got Daring Do from James Cagney heroic spies, radio detectives, and our first musical guest this week, Perry Como and the Fontaine sisters, with a cheery little ballad that might make the rain clouds rush away a bit quicker.
3: When Johnny Jones was serenading Mary He sure could quote a lot of poetry But he'd much rather tell her What he learned in his speller when they both attended ps33 you're adorable B you're so beautiful see you're a cutie full of
4: charms
3: d you're a darling and e you're exciting F you're a feather in my arms You look good to me, H you're so heavenly, I, you're the one I
4: idolize, J,
3: we're like Jack and Jill, K, you're so kissable, L, is the love light in your eyes, M. N. Complete means you're awfully sweet. W, X, Y, Z. It's fun to wander through the alphabet with you to tell us what I mean Uh to tell you what you mean to me. We love you,
4: alphabetically.
2: And that was Perry Como and the Fontaine sisters with A, your adorable wife. Thank you, Perry and friends. Something else to be very happy about is the news that The Dark Pages has just released its new supersized edition. This one takes a special look at The Manchurian Candidate with Frank Sinatra and The Big Steal with Robert Mitchum and Jane Greer, which is a fabulous movie. So tense. I must tell you guys about that one soon. There are also the TCM Picks of the Month and all the news about upcoming noir releases on DVD and Blu-ray, including an Arrow release of Black Angel, which was directed by Roy William Neal, the man behind the Rathbone Bruce Holmes movies. Loads more, too. It's a great issue. I've just finished reading it, and it's fabulous. To get your copy, go to www.oldatnoir.com. They'll even give you a free one. So you can try it before you sign up. One of the great Golden Age directors was Mr. Henry Hathaway. Not a name that springs instantly to mind when you think about your top 10, I think it's fair to say. That said, he really does deserve to be more recognized than he is for sure. If you're a Westerns fan, then you'll certainly know his name. He directed such gunslingers as The Trail of the Lonesome Pine, Rawhide, The Sons of Katie Elder, lots of big-name cowboy yarns. But despite his cuddly appearance, Hathaway also strayed into some very dark territory. Kiss of Death, starring Victor Mature, is a particularly brutal and frightening piece of film noir most famous perhaps for the scene in which richard widmark laughingly murders a wheelchair-bound old lady by pushing her down the stairs johnny apollo with tyrone power and dorothy Lamour, is the moral whirlpool tale of a son who goes off the rails when he loses faith in his father turning to organized crime Niagara, starring Marilyn Monroe and Joseph Cotton, is the very twisted tale of a faithless marriage that turns to murder against the backdrop of Niagara Falls, and called Northside 777, of course. Did I do too many sevens there? There's three sevens, anyway. That stars James Stewart. It's a film that I've constantly badgered you about as being one of the true greats of noir, mixing docudrama with a mystery thriller to wonderful effect. Well, in the wake of World War II, Hathaway turned his considerable talents to a pair of espionage thrillers that married all the influences he'd been developing. So far, you had noir, docudrama, crime, mystery, and even to an extent, the Western tropes of heroes and villains and standoffs. The results were two spy movies that I've always adored. So I thought I'd present them to you today. First movie is As Spy as They Come, 1947's 13 Rue Madeleine, starring James Cagney, Richard Conte, Annabella and Melville Cooper. As in Call Northside 777, this is a weird hybrid of film noir and documentary. You have a factual voiceover explaining the plot, which was based on real-life events. This is much the same, although the real-life events that inspired the movie are taken from many different events. Not one clear narrative like you have here. The story is fantastic and really absorbing from the get-go. We follow a bunch of new recruits to the OSS, the Office of Strategic Services, from their initiation and the many tests they have to go through, and into their first mission, which takes place in World War II Europe.
5: The Washington headquarters of secret intelligence was under tight security. Its address and telephone unlisted in any governmental directory. Few even knew of its existence. The story of Operation 77 is typical of the activities of any of the 76 groups which preceded it. Each candidate's qualifications and background had been checked and rechecked before he was called to Washington. Every member of 077 had volunteered, without reservation, for hazardous duty behind enemy lines.
2: The first half of the film is their training, and while that may sound kind of boring, it's actually really fun our recruits get thrown into all sorts of situations and have to devise ingenious ways of getting themselves out of them, all under the watchful eye of OSS instructor and master spy Bob Sharkey, played by James Cagney.
1: Your instructors are all experts in their jobs, and they're going to cram their years of experience into your heads. Now, it shouldn't be necessary, but I'm going to remind you of security. Everything you learn, everything you do is secret. Even your closest relative can't know you're an agent in 077. Maybe nobody will ever know. That's not important. But keeping your mouth shut is. Now, you're going to have a lot to remember, and a couple of things to forget. Now, the average American is a good sport, plays by the rules. But this war is no game. And no secret agent is a hero or a good sport. That is, no living agent. You're going to be taught to kill, to cheat, to rob, to lie. And everything you learn is moving you toward one objective, just one, that's all. The success of your mission. Fair play, that's out. Years of decency and honest living, forget all about them, or turn in your suits. Because the enemy can forget, and has. Well, work hard. I'll be with you every inch of the way, all the way. Working right with you.
2: Good luck. We barrel along nicely to the halfway mark when Sharky is informed by his superiors that one of the new recruits we've gotten to know and care for is, in fact, a German spy who's been sent to sabotage their operations.
1: 22 potential agents. Most of them have a foreign background. All of them can speak French. One of them can speak German. Mm -hmm. You've got to find out who that is. All right. That's not as easy as it sounds. Why? Because one of the students in that group is a German agent. A German agent? You know? Yeah. Man or woman? When you find out, let me know. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Sharky quickly identifies the enemy agent, but just as their mission is about to begin, the agent realizes and destroys the operation from the inside. It's now up to Sharky himself to finish the mission and bring the agent to justice.
1: We're a 100% failure unless we get DuPois. Right. And there's a man loose on the other side who knows the faces of every one of our 15 agents. We took that chance when we left Kunsel in the group. I trained that group, every one of them, and every one of their lives is in jeopardy while Kunzel's around. Come we're losing time, valuable time. I'll need these minutes. I don't want to send you. I've been working hard. I need the change. You won't come back. I've just discovered something about you. What? You're a warrior.
2: I'm not going to go too much into the plot of what happens from then because the thrill of 13 Rue Madeleine is in its unpredictability. Words do not do this film justice. It is superlative entertainment. So I guess I just did use words. Anyway, the thing I tend not to like about spy movies is that they rely far too heavily sometimes on information and exposition. You find yourself being forced to care about things like codes and formulas and strategies and names. My goodness, the names you're supposed to remember drive me crazy. What I love about 13 Rue Madeleine is that it's very simple to follow. That's probably my brain. It doesn't work as well as other brains. But anyway... I love this film because of its simplicity the documentary style really lends itself well to this uh, noir slash spy category and the narration never becomes overbearing it's always just enough to keep you in the loop on what's happening without making you feel stupid there are genuine gasp out loud moments especially in the film's climax which i could barely believe it really does go to some extremes in terms of plot as for cagney There's a tendency to think that his more energetic roles were the ones in the 30s, but he proves here, at the age of 48, that he could still hold his own with the best of the action heroes. He begins the film as very much a supporting character, so when he joins the fray in the second half, it really does put a grin on your face. You
1: have men and arms. You can help me. You must help me. We must keep hidden until the right day arrives. Once we come out in the open, the Germans will know us and destroy our small force. We will do good work when the time comes. We must wait for the right time. This is what you've been waiting for. This is the right time. No, only when the Allied armies come, the English and the Americans. We must wait. Monsieur Gallimard, this is the right time. The invasion. You've heard our broadcasts, you've seen our planes, more and more raids every day. You know when they are coming? You've seen the care that London has taken to get me to Port Levesque. Yes. So much depends on this mission. You must help me, even if it costs the lives of some of your countrymen. This much I will tell you. In a few days, it'll be too late. This is the time.
2: Honestly, 13 Rue Madeleine is an incredible film. Very well made, very well constructed, with a wonderful central performance from Cagney and a plot that'll keep you guessing as well as gasping. Perfect movie for a Sunday afternoon. Do seek it out. 1947's 13 Rue Madeleine the real deal.
0: Yes, it's a good day for singing a song and it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day How could anything be wrong? A good day from morning to night and it's a good day shining your shoes and it's a good day for losing the blues everything to gain and nothing to lose a good day from morning till night i said to the sun good morning sun rise and shine today you know you gotta get going if you Day for curing your ills, So take a deep breath And throw away the pills Cause it's a good day From morning till night
2: And that was the marvellous Peggy Lee with It's a Good Day. On to another success for Henry Hathaway, this time based firmly around a real-life case that shook the nation in 1941. When the FBI swooped in to round up 33 members of a German espionage ring operating in the state and which was working to destabilize American war efforts, J. Edgar Hoover called the roundup the greatest spy roundup in American history and the story of how it happened is one of those tales that you just can't quite believe is true. In 1945, Henry Hathaway produced a film based upon the events and which was so closely aligned to the facts and to the people involved that Hoover himself Appears in the movie, as do many of the FBI agents who worked on the case, in order to present an authentic look at how the agency worked and how it brought about the destruction of the spy ring itself. The result was the house on 92nd Street.
5: Herr Christoph wird sich auf Process 97 konzentrieren. That translates Mr. Christopher will concentrate on Process 97. What's that? Oh, Herr Christoph, Mr. Christopher will concentrate on Process 97. That's all? That's all. Thanks. Thank you. Inspector Briggs knew that the most important American military secret in history was Process 97. Set up a conference with military and naval intelligence immediately. That's all.
2: Plot here is slightly more complicated. Bill Dietrich is an American-born German citizen training to be a Nazi spy in Hamburg. Because of his birthplace, he's recruited to join a pervasive Nazi spy ring based in New York City who are attempting to smuggle out the secrets behind a new American military formula known as Process 97.
5: 32 hours later, a special courier coming by Transatlantic Clipper brought Dietrich's credentials to FBI headquarters in Washington. Inspector Briggs was given the responsibility of solving the Christopher case. Behind him were all the resources of the FBI.
2: Thing is, Bill Dietrich is actually an American spy who's been sent to Germany in order to be recruited as a German spy. Yes, it seems he has the Germans just where he wants them.
6: What do you think, Elsa? He has good credentials, but... How do we know? They look good, so what? No. No, I don't trust that guy. He knows too much. We won't take any chances.
2: So yes, this is the tale of not just the Americans trying to catch out a gang of Nazi spies, but also Nazi spies trying to outwit Americans. You see, they don't trust Bill Dietrich, and half the movie is spent with them as they try to make him slip up. It's a great approach, and very fresh, very much in the same vein as 13 Room Madeleine in that semi-documentary style of storytelling. This was made with the full cooperation of the FBI themselves, and as such, it does present a very whitewashed version of their investigation, and indeed of Hoover himself. 13 Room Adelaine does, I think, have a more exciting narrative in terms of action, but I do think that the house on 92nd Street has a better mystery at its heart. The FBI are desperately trying to discover the identity of the Nazis' top spy in the US, Mr. Christopher who may be a lot closer than they realize.
6: How can I get in touch with Christopher? Why?
2: He's
5: my boss, I've never even met him. He's my boss too. Yeah? I haven't met him either.
2: It also shows the detective skills of the Bureau up close. Things like forensics and photography are used to identify threats and catch moles. So as a police procedural, it works very effectively. If you pair this movie with 13 Rue Elaine, it's a great double bill of crime docudrama that stays just the right side of entertaining for it to appeal to the masses. You have action and heroes and surprisingly brutal threats from villainous characters. The genius of Hathaway's movies is that they never feel safe and the house on 92nd Street certainly keeps that tradition going. All in all, For those of you who are fans of espionage, mystery, action, and well-told stories, 13 Rue Madeleine and The House on 92nd Street will fast become a pair of your favourites. Seek them out and be wowed. Now, there were a few radio versions of each of the stories I've told you about today. I'm going to present a version of The House on 92nd Street from the radio anthology series Stars on the Air, as it has some very interesting casting. Humphrey Bogart plays the lead in this. Funnily enough, he also starred in a radio version of 13 Rue Madeleine, but I think that film really benefits from the twisting story, so I think you should see the film first. So today, then, my pleasure to present Humphrey Bogart in the house on 92nd Street for Stars on the Air. So pull down the brim of that fedora, polish up your magnifying glass, and get ready to spy along with Bogie. See you in half an hour.
7: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to another 30 minutes of transcribed adventure. A most extraordinary story tonight, one that would be hard to believe if it weren't documented by fact. Stars in the Air is proud to bring you 20th Century Fox Studios' great box office hit, The House on 92nd Street, starring Keith Russell in the role of Bill and this year's Academy Award winner Humphrey Bogart as Inspector Briggs. In all the crowded, secret files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, no record is more amazing or spectacular than the case of Process 97. Now at last, the story can be told. And here is the only man who can tell it, Inspector George A. Briggs of the FBI. The case of Process 97 began for us in the FBI... On the 13th of May, 1941. And strangely enough, it began with an accident. An accident and one other thing a pair of pointed patent leather shoes. May 13th, 1941. That afternoon, while crossing a busy New York street, a man had been hit by a taxicab. He was badly injured. And afterward in the ambulance with the intern and the traffic policeman. What do you think, Doc? Has he got a chance? Not much. You think maybe he'll wait a minute. He's trying to talk. Listen. Christopher.
4: Christopher.
7: Hey, Joe, slow down. He's through. Hmm. I wonder who he was. Well, there might be some identification on him. Yeah. Here's something. Spanish passport. Francisco Alvarez. Notebook, too. Say, Doc, this stuff is all in German. Let's see. Uh, Stuff about uh, uh, ships, I think. And uh... Brand Kerngeschoss. Hmm? Uh, that means incendiary bullet. It does. Hey, what kind of stuff is that for a guy to be carrying around with a war on? Yeah. yeah, th- does seem something funny about it. I'll say, I'm going to turn this stuff over to the FBI. One look, and I knew this stuff was hot. I didn't know how hot until later, and while my laboratory men were going over the notebook and the other papers taken off the dead man, I had the driver of the cab brought in. You, you see, Inspector, there was two of them, and they was talking and not looking, and I slammed on the brakes, but when I was... Now, what happened to the other man? Well, he, uh, he jumped out of the way, and the next thing I know, I, I'm out in the street holding this fella's head and screaming for an ambulance. And then the other guy picked up his briefcase. You're carrying a briefcase? Uh, yes, sir. And 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 I remember seeing his pal pick it up. See, but later when I looked around for him, he's gone. Now, yeah, uh, uh, could you give me a description? Uh, uh, no, sir. Uh, uh, well, except uh, except maybe one little thing. Yeah, what was that? Well, I was holding this full see, like a told You see, and, and and the other guy was standing there for a second, and uh, and I noticed one thing. Yes. His shoes. Shoes. Yeah, his shoes. A pair of pointed patent leather shoes. That stuff's come through the lab, Mister Briggs. You get anything? The Spanish letter had a German message written in between the lines, invisible ink, in code. Cryptanalysis seen it. Yes, sir. They've broken it down. It says Herr Christoph, sich auf Prozess 97 konzentrieren. That uh, translates, Mr. Christopher will concentrate on Process 97. Repeat that. Uh, Herr Christoph, Mr. Christopher, will concentrate on Process 97. Uh, uh, Thanks, that's all. Yes, sir. Hello? Briggs speaking. Set up a conference with Army and Navy intelligence at once. Mr. Christopher will concentrate on... This is impossible, Mr. Briggs. No one knows that Process 97 even exists. I'm afraid the Germans know. How much they know, General, is something we'll have to find out. You've got to work fast. I understand. I'm not so sure you do, Mr. Briggs. Perhaps I should tell you, Process 97 is not just another weapon, not just a new explosive. Its properties, the scientific principles involved, may someday revolutionize life on this planet. Its military application is so devastating that I hope we will never be forced to use it. But until the process is perfected, it must be kept an absolute secret. And for that, we look to the FBI. We'll do our best, sir. Have you any other information? Not at this time. And there must be some lead. Who is this Mr. Christopher? I wish I knew. I was in a blind alley and I knew it. But as it happened at almost that very moment, across the sea in Hamburg, Germany... You will sail for New York tomorrow, Herr Dietrich, by way of Lisbon. I'm ready, Herr Strassen. I have your papers here. Draft card, driver's license, army discharge, social security. No one could tell them from originals. Hmm, pretty neat. These are your credentials, and here are the messages. Microfilm. They will fit into the back of your watch. Okay. Your mission is vital. When you reach New York, you will go immediately to Miss Elsa Gerhardt. Through her, you will contact Colonel Hammerson and Adolf Klein. These are the only contacts you will make, Herr Dietrich. I see. Now, one thing more. There is one person in the United States who can countermand the orders I have given you. If you ever receive instructions from a Mr. Christopher, abandon everything else and place yourself entirely at his disposal. I understand. Now, uh, where will I find this Elsa Gerhardt? She runs a fashionable dress shop in New York. I have the address here. In a house on 92nd Street. That was all very neat except for one thing. Bill Dietrich happened to be one of our men. An American born to German parents, the Nazis had made him a tempting offer and apparently he'd agreed to work for them. But before he even sailed from Lisbon, his watch, with the precious microfilm was exchanged for a duplicate and on its way to us by Atlantic Clipper. And 27 hours later, in our laboratory... You want this microfilm altered, Mr. Briggs? Now, just the last line. See where it says he's forbidden to contact any other agent? Yes, sir. How do you want it to read? Authorized to contact all other agents. I smuggled Bill's watch back to him myself as he was coming through customers. As it turned out, that wasn't any too soon. From the moment he left the pier, he was followed by a pair of pointed patent leather shoes.
6: Elsa, you're sure these are his credentials? Like of him, like all the others, Max. I don't like it.
4: All
7: the rest of us are forbidden to contact other agents. Why should he have so much authority?
6: Why not ask him? I'll call him in. Ah. All right, Mr. Dietrich. Hello? This is Max Coburg. Used to be with the Eisenwart Bund. Max has special duties. Yes, I know. Gestapo. I know about him.
7: What do you know? The usual things. Yes? Well, what do we know about you? You've seen my credentials.
6: Perhaps you'd like to tell us more. Where
7: did you come from? Germany.
6: Where in Germany?
7: Hamburg, 26 Klockstruckstrasen. Who sent you? Colonel Felix Strassen. When did you leave? Three weeks ago. When did you arrive? Look, why do I have to answer all these questions? I showed you my credentials. Maybe you don't want to tell us when you got here.
6: Well, Mr. Dito,
7: It isn't that, it's just that I...
6: well, we'll tell you. You left the pier at 10.50 this morning. You took a cab to the Martinique Hotel, 30th and Broad, checked in, stayed there until 12.30. You took a bus to Times Square, went into the Silver Dollar at 46th Street, had a cup of coffee. You left at one seventeen. went into the newsreel. You spent an hour in the theater, then you took a cab to 92nd and 5th, got out and walked the rest of the way over here.
7: Well, looks like you know all about me. And we are going to keep on knowing... What's so special about you, Dietrich?
6: Special? Why should you be authorized to know all our agents? Homburg wants information direct and quickly. I'm to build a shortwave radio set.
7: You'll help me get the parts, of course, and all information will clear through me. And those are orders. Wonder I see. You're to put me in touch with Hamershun and Adolf Klein. Okay. I've got money for them. I'll open an engineering office. They can contact me there. Well, this was Now, if you'll give me back my credentials. All oh, well. will. Of course. Thanks. Now, what you know, and I've got my office open. See you soon, I hope. Elsa, I don't
6: like it. Don't he knows know. too much. I don't care about his credentials. I'm, I'm going saying... to check them, Max. I'm going to ask Hamburg mm-hmm. for confirmation. How? By mail to Brazil. That will take a little time, of course. But I'm willing to wait and be sure. <laughs>
7: That was the summer of 1941. Bill set up his office right away, a blind for the Nazis, a better blind for us. Through a secret opening in the wall, we took motion pictures of everyone who came in, made recordings of everything they said. In the meantime, Bill got a shortwave set going in a lonely section of New Jersey. And that seemed to satisfy Elsa and Max. But there was one little thing they didn't know. Well, I've substituted parts for the ones they brought me. The way the set is built now, I can only set about 100 miles. Yeah, well, that's enough to reach our long-range station. We'll pick up whatever messages you send, take out what we think is dangerous, and send the rest on through to Hamburg. We And we'll pick up their answers and relay the unimportant stuff to you. <laughs> what are you grinning at, Bill? So it's quite a gag.
4: Yes?
7: Quite a gag. And it worked. That's how we operated for months, getting our information straight from Berlin. And all the time, Bill was widening his contacts. New people coming to his office constantly to be photographed and recorded. We were building up quite a special file. But still no hint about Process 97. Still no clue to Mr. Christopher. Then all of a sudden, things began to happen. Starting with Sunday, December 7th. Extra! Extra! Japanese attack Pearl Harbor! Extra! Extra! Hitler declares war. The FBI was prepared. We were ready to act. Your name is Hans Mueller. Hi. Yes. You're under arrest. Oh, Schlosser. Yes. You're wanted by I'm... the FBI. Charles Ludwig Pagel. Yes. The FBI wants to talk to you. Come along. I didn't have Elsa and a pal brought in. I was still hoping for some kind of a break. And as it happens, it came that night. You want to see me,
6: Elsa? I, I found your message at my hotel. Why did you take so long, Beatrice? Where have you been? Over at the Radio Shack. Yeah. What's up? The war, at last. Why, now we will begin to teach these fools. Remember, please. I have an envelope here with some papers in it. You must get it to Hamburg as fast as you can make the transmission.
7: All right, what is it?
6: The most important job we have ever undertaken. If we hadn't done anything else in all the years we've been working here, the information in this envelope would be more than worth it.
7: Now, Dietrich, it's up to you. Don't worry, I'll get it through. Cigarette?
6: I don't smoke.
7: My mistake. All right, let's have a look at those papers. Yeah,
6: you. So to have them back here tomorrow night. Hey, that's a tough order. I've got to put them all
7: in code. That takes time. The orders are not to be Most questioned. Why can't I just burn them after I've finished?
6: Radio okay. messages are often garbled. This data will also be sent by mail. The order comes from Mr. Christopher.
4: Christopher. Christopher?
6: The envelope was delivered less than thirty minutes ago. I can't impress on you how urgent it is.
7: You don't have to, Elsa. I think I can guess. Bill. What did I think about? You're sure she mentioned Christopher? I'm positive. Could you tell anything from the stuff in the envelope? Uh, well, they look like scientific formulas. They could be related to Process 97. I'll know better when Dr. Appleton gets here. He's flying up from Washington. Don't forget, I've got to return those papers by tomorrow. You know, it's the first lead I've had on Mr. Christopher. He's been so completely non-existent, I, I can't believe he delivered these papers himself. I'm pretty positive he didn't. only question. What makes you so sure? Well, whoever did deliver those papers was in that room right before I got there. All right, then. Take a look at this. A uh, cigarette butt. With lipstick on it. I snitched it out of Elsa's ashtray. <laughs> Well, wouldn't you expect it to have lipstick on it? No, no, you wouldn't. That, that's my point. You see, Elsa Gerhard doesn't smoke. What Betty... I had three things now. The papers Bill had just brought to me, the cigarette butt with the lipstick on it, and still, in the back of my mind, more a pair of pointed patent leather shoes. Dr. Appleton arrived from Washington within the hour. For a long time, he studied the papers I handed him. When he looked up, his face was white with shock. Mr. Briggs says there's no doubt about it. These papers contain data on Process 97. Accurate? Appallingly. These are details of experiments we made barely two days ago. We had to work pretty fast. Dr. Appleton stayed with us most of that night, changing some of the figures. Just enough to throw the Germans off the track. Then we retyped the whole thing with the same kind of machine that had been used originally, and Bill transmitted it and took the envelope back to Elder. Dr. Appleton was completely upset. And she... I, I don't understand it, Mr. Briggs. Most of the workers and technicians never leave the central laboratory area. We have our own laundry, movies, wow. library, even a drugstore and a soda fountain. But some workers do leave. A few, but they undergo the most meticulous examination through a fluoroscope. I even have to go through it myself. Calculated. Why, these clothes I'm wearing were handed to me by an armed guard. And still, those daughter's spirit. got out. Mr. Briggs, do you have any hope of finding the man who's behind all this? Now we'll find him. Hello? Lap- Briggs talking. I want motion pictures made of every person who leaves the central laboratory of Process 97. Yeah, that's right. And one thing more. Be sure they don't know they're being photographed. got those pictures all right through an x-ray mirror on the side of a truck parked opposite the entrance. While that was being done, we went to work on the cigarette butt, to uh, be exact, on the lipstick. Our test showed it to be a certain brand made up specially for 98 different beauty parlors. All employees and clients of those beauty parlors were checked until the search narrowed down to one particular woman. A woman known to be a Nazi agent. Mr. Briggs, about that Louise Vodya. Hey, you got anything? Yes, sir. We've been taking so motion odd. pictures of everybody who came to see her. And we've who checked them smart? against the pictures we got over at Process 97. One of those workers is a friend of Louise Vadya. Who? His name is Roper. We have a picture of him going into her house. Uh, you got anything else? Yes, sir. We made a search while she was out. The typewriter checks. It's the one on which those formulas were written. Well, that, that much adds up. The lipstick girl delivered the data to Elza. Roper smuggled it out to her. We still don't know how. We've got to find out how. uh, We won't bring him in until we do. Um. Uh, That's funny. We didn't figure out the answer. We got it from Germany. A message came through for Bill. It said, On orders from Mr. Christopher, Max Coburg will remove GK2. The Christopher part of it was enough to catch my attention. But it was Bill Dietrich who explained the rest. G.K. 2. That's a familiar yes, word in Hamburg for a very special type of agent. Yeah? So yeah, it I... means a memory artist. A memory artist? Well, Hamburg I'm... was always looking for them. You know, they took a special it's course to improve their memories even further. You think it's possible that's for good. a man to get those formulas out by memory? Complicated say? stuff like that? Well, it seems incredible, but that's what they're trained to do. Yeah. Well, Hopper. could be at that. Memory artist? Uh-huh. Photographic mind. seemably uh, Hackett. A little bit at a time. The paper, was coming Come on, Bill. And am Hackett Let's know. take a walk. Where to? <laughs> it's private. Broadway. To see some vaudeville agents.
4: <laughs>
7: yeah, I used to book that act, mister. Um, a I'm fella good. named Roper. That's his picture you got. Not only... Hmm, vaudeville, banquets, special parties. Demonstrates uh, demonstrates amazing feats of memory. Ah, uh, that don't mean nothing. They always write their own billing. Yeah, what kind of feats? What was the angle? Uh, people would call out things from the audience. They'd ask for stuff from highbrow books. And sometimes he kept 14 games of chess going at the same time. Lousy game. I regret. 14 games at the same time. That would mean a remarkable memory. That's a difference. It ain't box office. I'll take this picture along. You'll oh, get it back. Man. Don't bother, mister. The act is out man, of date. We are ready to move now. We brought the girl in and picked Roper up, too. Wasn't any job hey, to break them down. We had too much evidence. But the one thing I wanted, I still couldn't get. I, How about? I tell you, I don't know, Mr. Christopher. I never, I've never, never seen him. All right, All right Roper. Really then, uh... And how did you oh, deliver God. the formulas? I left them at Lang's bookshop yes. on 59th Street. I put them in a book called Spencer's First Principles. Those were my instructions. Strawberry. When did you make your last delivery? This morning on my way to work. And. What was it you delivered? And if there was. Come on, what was it? The. all The latest data. Our final experiments. Come along, Roper. You're under arrest. boogie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That meant more secret motion picture work on Lang's bookshop. Every person who came in or out. And finally, we had a clue. I think we've got something, Mister Briggs. We got a shot of this man coming out of Lang's bookshop, and we've got the same man on another reel. Yeah, which one? Some stuff we shot last week. He was going into the house on Ninety Second Street. Did you question Lang? Yes, sir.
2: He admits the it's the fellow
7: now. who picked up the formulas, but he swears he doesn't know who he is. I call. Shall we bring in Elsa okay. Gerhardt now? No. Shred, no, let's bring in Mr. Christopher. Max. What? Max.
4: What's the matter, Elsa? The
6: courier just brought a letter by way of Italy and Brazil, The confirmation on those credentials. Look, see what it says.
7: The he is line. forbidden to contact any other...
6: Elsa, That's it fine. says forbidden. Yes, quite different from the credentials he showed us.
7: Where is he now?
6: At the Radio Shack. Go out and get him, Max. I want to talk to him.
7: Hello. Hello, that you, Mr. Briggs? Yes, sir, this is Julius. Yes, sir, a fella just come and took Mr. Bill away. No, sir, nobody didn't pay no attention to me. I was fixing the fence near the Radio Shack. Yes, sir, I got a feeling you better hurry. you better talk, Dietrich. Come on, talk! Okay. I can not keep this up for
6: hours! It won't do any good, Max. He'll start talking when the injection starts to work. What was it you gave him? Scopolamine. Drugs part of the brain. My blow, palm... Maybe working now. Let me have a try. I saw Wake up. Wake up, you. Wake up and talk. With an appreciation. <laughs> no. not a chance. All so right. Yes. We can wait. I'll take Tell it. Tell you about that later. Yes? I'd yeah. like to
7: talk to Bill Dietrich.
6: I'm sorry, he's not here.
7: Listen. We've taken over the ground floor. The house mm-hmm. is surrounded. Surrounded? FBI. We'll give you Let's exactly two minutes. Women, come out first. The men will follow hands above theirs. Max,
6: turn off the lights.
7: What's the matter? What's up?
6: Something's gone wrong. It's the FBI.
7: It didn't take too long. Things happened pretty fast after that. Bill was in the room. Perhaps he can tell you better than I can. How about about it, Bill? Well, I don't know. I was sort of fuzzy right then, but... Well, it seemed to me that Elsa turned to Max and spouted a lot of orders at him, and then slammed through the door to the other room. Max started piling papers into the fireplace, you know, the old Dodge burning the evidence. But just then, a gas bomb came through the window. That gave me the chance I was waiting for. I tackled Max. For a while, we were all over the place. and the gas was pretty thick, we were coughing and choking. By that time, you were crashing in the door. I thought if I could just hold on, but I couldn't. I was too weak. He shook me off and reached for his gun. I thought I was a goner for sure, but just then, the door to the other room opened. It was awful smoky in there, but we could see a man. Max didn't stop to ask any questions. He started to shoot place and then again and again and whoever it was came stumbling into the room and fell right in front of us and then all of a sudden Mac dropped his gun and picked the man up and he held him in his arms he just kept saying over and over Elsa. Elsa 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 Well, I guess that's just about all, Mr. Briggs. Is the next second you and your men were in the room and Max was going out with his hands above his head. I'm you were looking down at Elsa and telling the others that... Uh, I Mr. guess Process 97 is safe for a while. There's your Mr. Christopher. Christopher? That's Elsa Gerhardt, isn't it? Sure. You must have made a quick change. You'll find her clothes in the other room, Bill. Yes, but, uh, but you said it was Christopher. <laughs> Don't you see what I see? Huh? Frustration. Look, a pair of pointed cotton leather shoes.
2: And that was Humphrey Bogart in the house on 92nd Street for Stars on the Air. Wonderful stuff. And if that's whetted your appetite, do go and seek out the two films from today. They're both Excellent, and I'm sure they'll kickstart a love affair between you and Henry Hathaway. In the meantime, don't forget that if you want more of these shows, you can sign up at patreon.com/attaboysecret and gain instant access to over sixty bonus editions, complete with radio plays. They're all there, waiting for you now. A new one went up just a few days ago, in which I told patrons all about 1939's *The Invisible Killer*, a film about a killer who murders people. Using poisonous telephone calls, it's utterly genius in so many ways and just god-awful in so many others. For instant access to all of those, as well as many other bonuses, such as film club nights, previews, extra documentary shows go to www.patreon.com slash attaboysecret or follow the link in the show notes and sign up. Only takes a moment and you'll be helping to get these shows made as well as earning yourselves a whole load of extras. So my thanks in advance to you. That's it for me then. I look forward to being back with you again next week. Remember, keep that chin up. Things are gonna get better. Take very good care of yourselves. And bye for now. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by going to www.attaboyclarence.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. Pledges start from as little as $1 a month, and in return you'll receive exclusive emails, bonus episodes, previews and eBooks. and every dollar pledged goes towards making these shows better and more frequent. Go to www.attaboyclarence.com or click the link in the show notes now.
6: Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.